The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 219. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a time lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Braveheart team. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding. Position us. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Allons-y! I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Ta-da! She'll be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the fourth Doctor story, The Android Invasion. And joining me today on the panel are Father Cory Stika. Hi, Father Cory. How's it going? Very good. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, remember, if you could, we really appreciate it if you could write a review of the podcast at Apple Podcasts and to share the podcast with your friends. These things help us immensely. You don't know how often I hear from people that the way that they found out about the podcast was either it shows up because of reviews in, in iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, or that someone shared it with them. Uh, we don't have a budget for advertising, so that's how the podcast gets out. So we really do appreciate when you do that. So if you could do that today, take a moment. That would be great. All right, so we are talking about this uh, episode, this st- series of episodes a story called The Android Invasion. It aired in the second of the Fourth Doctor's seasons uh, from 1975, although it's set in, as most of the Fourth Doctor stories were, in 1980 about. And uh, it is four episodes, and his companion in this one is Sarah, Sarah Jane. Although we see a couple other folks who we may recognize throughout. But Jimmy, can you give us a brief uh, recap of what this story is about? So this story is by Terry Nation, the creator of the Daleks, mm-hmm. and it's one of the few non-Dalek stories he wrote. This story really, 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 really wants to be Invasion of the Body Snatchers, <laughs> yeah. except it's not. So what happens is the Doctor and Sarah Jane apparently land on Earth in a little village that Sarah's been to before, and everyone is acting really creepy. And because the title of this is The Android Invasion, we quickly realize the reason why they're all acting creepy is they're all androids. So the question is, who made them and why? And it turns out that we're not actually on Earth. We're on a different planet, and this planet is inhabited by the feared, one-horned, short-snouted Jadoon, otherwise known as the Crawl. <laughs> and the Crawl homeworld is being poisoned by radiation, so they want to get off of it, and they want to take over Earth, and so they've built these androids as part of their plan. They then have also a virus to wipe out all life on Earth, or at least all human life, within three weeks, and it's up to the Doctor and Sarah to stop them as various duplicates of people cause confusion, including duplicates of the Doctor and Sarah themselves. Yes, the virus and lockdown and all that seems so very 2021, doesn't it? uh, And, And it shows that Matt Smith was not the first Doctor to have a ganger. Yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> there are these almost people in this story. How about that? That uh, it's yeah. very interesting that we, that comes up the coincidence of this coming up 
uh, right after we talked about the uh, almost people in the rebel flesh. Uh, you know what? One of the things about this uh, story is that it's one of the last unit episodes in Classic Who, uh, and yeah. it and it doesn't have the brigadier in it, although. Uh, apparently he was, he was supposed to be. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He he was meant to be, and they have a surrogate for him in the final episode. Like the guy they meet, that's like commanding unit, was meant to be the brigadier. Right. Mm-hmm. But they apparently dilly dallied in booking the actor, and he took another job. Right. right. Well, they 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 hinted at it very clearly that he was off doing another mission in Geneva or something like that, briefing the UN or something like that, and yeah. had his name on the door. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty clear that they wanted him. It just never happened. Right. Yeah. Now, mentioning uh, Terry Nation again, who was the author of this mess, <laughs> this is his first non-Dalek story since the Keys of Marinus, all the way back mm. in the first Doctor's time. And it will be the last time that he writes for the show for four years. Apparently, Robert Holmes, the script editor at the time, or the incoming script editor, didn't like the Daleks. And yeah. so, so they and Terry Nation are not around as much. There's a fascinating story about this episode, a behind-the-scenes story. Apparently, now, Tom Baker didn't really watch the show on transmission, or at least didn't make a big effort to watch it on transmission, which he had to do because there were no VCRs yet. Yeah. And, but Liz Sladen did. She liked to, to watch the show as it came out. But they had a scheduling problem because they were filming an upcoming episode on the night one of the episodes for this story was going to air. And mm. so when Tom Baker realized she was going to miss the show, he didn't want that to happen. So he took her and they went to the door of a random house and knocked on the door. <laughs> <laughs> and when it opened, there was, you know, the housewife there, and, and Tom Baker says, Hello, I'm the doctor, and this is Sarah Jane. Would you mind if we watched your telly this evening? <laughs> and, 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 and so they did. I oh, wonder if funny. they were recognized, like, if, if, the, if the, uh, the people in the house knew who he was. I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> that is, oh, that's funny. That would be so mind-bending, timey-wimey. <laughs> yeah that's awesome we're gonna watch ourselves on tv how's that sound <laughs> wait you're real wait oh that's awesome yeah. <laughs> you know uh one of the things about uh this episode is the the whole the question of the androids i i really felt like what was the point of the androids well, this is this is the main plot flaw in this thing it's mm-hmm. a huge grand canyon sized plot hole right because if they've got a virus that will wipe out all human life in three weeks, you don't need these androids. Right. You just drop the virus on Earth. And so the the whole premise of this show, of this story, is irrelevant. It's, right. it's like worse than Indiana Jones or <laughs> All the President's Men, you know, where the heroes play no role in the story. Yeah. Here, the the key conceit of the villains plays no role in the story, and they've spent all this effort on building these androids and testing them by duplicating a, an English village down to very small details and not quite getting all of them right, and it ultimately has no point. The, the Where this story works the best is in the first episode. Right. You know, when, when they're showing us the empty village and then the people come in on a truck and they get off the truck and they assume their positions and the clock strikes 12 or whatever. And suddenly they're all active 
And yep. that's effectively creepy. It, it, it's as the story goes along and we learn more about what's happening that it's not spooky, it's stupid. <laughs> well, and they, they kind of wink at it that the reason why they have to use the android is because the virus is such deadly danger that no human, no biological can even touch the container of it. Right. You know, it's it's because there's a scene where the you know, the what was it the uh, hairy hairy duplicate is pouring a little bit, just a drop of the the water. I mean, virus into a water jar, and you know, so that Sarah will die from it supposedly. And he even has this container that's sealed that he's about to hand to uh, the crawl. And he's like, no, no, keep it away from me. Yeah, just you, right. you know, it's it's like it's so dangerous that you can't even touch the container it's in until it's in like a little sterilizer. Uh, kind of like that, uh, the the phone sterilizer you had on yes. Secrets of Tech a yeah. couple of months ago. Phone there, Dom. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are descended from a race of uh, telephone sanitizers. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> But the problem with the virus now, number one, we've got really lousy lab protocols, you know, when Harry is pouring the water in front of them. And it's like, if it's really that deadly, you shouldn't be pouring this water in front of them. Right. No. Because some of it's going to get aerosolized. But they they ultimately don't need them because you load a warhead with this virus and shoot the warhead down. I mean, maybe you use servos and hazmat suits to get the stuff in the warhead, but you don't need to build androids for this. Right, and and you don't like you don't need a down to the last leaf and acorn simulation of the of Earth or of this village on Earth to do what with these androids? It just doesn't. It didn't like if you need to just have a simulation, you just have them walk around in a on a you know a cardboard set. Like it just it <laughs> seemed to be we're doing this androids thing in this village thing for the sake of it's cool. And yeah, and, yeah. That, and that's it. And so Pretty it serves, doesn't serve the plot. And that's the coolest part of the episode is part one, where we explore this android village. Now, they also make another huge mistake, which is the title, The Android Invasion. Mm. Right. Because it, as, soon as, as, as soon as the audience sees the title, we know there are going to be androids. And so we're on the lookout yeah. for them. And we identify what they are immediately. It's still, mm-hmm. They're still creepy, but we know exactly what they are. The problem is the doctor and Sarah don't know what they are, and they think they're on Earth, and they think that these people are under some kind of control, and it into the second episode. So this is like a week later in airtime. The doctor is talking about there must be some intelligence that's controlling every human being you know, in this mm-hmm. area. Right. And it's like, no, doctor, didn't you see the title twice already? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're clearly dealing well, with androids. This this is a Terry Nation problem though. How many of his episodes are whatever of the Daleks? And of right. course they can't just show the Dalek right off the bat. They have to have the big reveal that everybody knows is coming at the end of the first episode that yes, there are Daleks in this episode. You know, there there is a there is a tactic or there's a type of story that is told on TV where the audience knows more than the people in it and it sort of gives the audience that extra thrill of I know more than they do. And well, when are can, they going to find out? It, it can even serve ca- the cause of drama because we may realize that the characters are in danger before the characters realize it. Right. And we see them blundering towards some horrible disaster and we're going, no, 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 no. But that's not what's happening here. Right. Yeah. It, it does. It doesn't. It's not effective in this case because it just feels like they just they just don't they haven't caught up with us. And it makes the doctor lesser 
in a way, you know, that, you know, that he doesn't know. Uh, although, to be fair, I didn't figure out they weren't on Earth until well into the second right. episode, I think it was. So that, mm-hmm. that, that part kind of worked. Although they, they really want us to, they really want us to be misdirected right at the very beginning, that very first scene where, you know, Sarah says, we are on Earth, aren't we? <laughs> and the dark says, well, yeah. unless someone started exporting acorns because oak trees don't grow anywhere else in the galaxy. I mean, if oh, I were really looking ahead, yeah, I would have said, oh, I guess uh, they're not on Earth. You know, <laughs> like, like they will be really <laughs> obvious trying to misdirect us in that one. But, uh, you know, that's OK. Uh, one, so, one thing I did like, though, is they actually had where Sarah knew something the doctor didn't. Mm-hmm. And that was about this, the, the uh, uh, guy Crawford, the, the astronaut. Right. That he had disappeared and they thought was dead. Uh, that Earth thought was dead. The doctor didn't know that, you know, and of course that. That's such a change to New Who, where like Doctor knows absolutely everything <laughs> that has ever happened and will ever happen. And if he doesn't know, he pretends he did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so one of the one of the characters in this is this astronaut uh, Crayford that yep. apparently died uh, in a in a mission in the solar system somewhere, but like he was around Jupiter and something bad happened and everyone has assumed he's been dead for two years, but mm-hmm. really the crawls got him and they, they repaired his body and he's, so he's kind of basically an Android at this point, but he's mm-hmm. got human memories and he wears an eye patch because they've told him they couldn't save one of his eyes. And this is another stupid thing because eventually to prove that he's being hoodwinked by the aliens, they have him take off his eye patch, and it turns out he's got two good eyes. Right, like, that was confusing. Wait, it, <laughs> wait a minute. So it's been two years, and you've never taken off your eye patch for anything ever. Not, e- not even in the shower. <laughs> I mean, I hope you change your underwear more than this. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like you wouldn't like. You wouldn't feel your eye there, like even like well, if I'm wearing an eye patch, I I know I still have an eye. <laughs> well, there, 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 the idea is that he's been so brainwashed that he's actually psychologically convinced that he doesn't have an eye, even though you. I mean, obviously, we all have two good eyes. We don't know what that is like to lose an eye, but you would think he would see the fact that half his vision is black. Yeah, because well, if you if you lose an eye in Theory. I don't know what how the mind works with that though. Too. So yeah, you yeah. you see basically black typically, yeah. Or you stop getting visual input, and he yeah, and right. he would he would certainly know if he had a functional eye there because there's no way that patch is going to remain perfectly in place and right. block out absolutely all light for two years. So. I mean, but, but what was the, the, the point? idea of feeling it? Of course, the idea of feeling it, of course, is you know yeah. you, you hear people who have the, the phantom, phantom limb, limb syndrome, sure. or they lose an arm, and they you know, and they 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 can still feel it there. But, but but what was the point? Like, why would why would they lie to him about that? Like, it it just seems the whole point of it was so that the doctor can reveal it. It doesn't serve the mm-hmm. the the logic of the story. It's just because we I want to have this moment in the story, and it just right. that's 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 cheap. I'm sorry, but that's the, that's bad writing. And what, uh, what what's yeah. good writing though is not only does Sarah Jane know something that the doctor doesn't, which is quite good. But later, mm-hmm. when uh, the androids have taken the doctor prisoner, Sarah rescues him. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice seeing the companion rescue the doctor, especially in this era of the show, where it was almost always the other way around. And so, you know, Sarah comes up to the door of the cell where he's being 
you know, detained and she knocks on the door and whispers for him and he comes up and says, what are you doing here? And she says, rescuing you for once. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Actually, she rescues him nice. twice. Yeah. Rescues yeah. him twice. Twice. So that's, right, right, yep. right. Because also when he was tied to the pillar, about ready to be exploded by the bomb that explodes everything by dematerializing matter or whatever, <laughs> how are they put it? Yeah, Why are you the, just standing there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I have to point out the there's these spacesuited androids that they at first encounter who shoot them with handguns, uh, literally, literal finger guns, uh, finger like, guns. You know, you people do finger guns; they're <laughs> yes. literally doing finger Fing- guns. Yes, just like the autons, apparently. Well, and- I have my notes in uh, in it, astronauts which shoot fingers, auton ambassadors of death. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they Combining look two like- villains from the Pertwee era. Yeah. For some people, Mike, we'll get this. Uh, they look like the astronauts from that from the the really trendy game right now, Among Us. So they look mm. like that, except they're not colorful. They're all in white, but they they look, they almost yeah. exactly the same helmet. It's just kind of funny in in that case. Uh, so oh, also as part of the invasion of the body snatchers vibe in this, we have these black pods that yes. people come that people come out of, and they're they're huge full size black pods that a person can fit inside. And they open up and people get out of them. And at first, it's unclear what these are for other than to be like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They do eventually give them a purpose. They're, they're basically re-entry ships yep. or re-entry pods yep. so that the plan in the end is going to be the uh, crawl are going to fly near Earth and jettison a bunch of these pods with the androids with the virus onto Earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they're to protect the androids during reentry. So there is a, another another element, which is we do get TARDIS separation, which is mm-hmm. yep. Sarah and, and is the Doctor sends Sarah to go hide out in the TARDIS while he you know takes care of things. But she gets to the TARDIS. She, he, she uses his key. She puts it in the lock, and then she's distracted by this sarcophagus thing. Uh, turns around. And then the TARDIS leaves on its own, and we find out that it was on pause. <laughs> and then when she turned the key, it yeah. unpaused it, and it continued on to Earth? Yeah, so it was on course for Earth to begin with and landed here because reasons. And yeah. the Doctor later has a line about Sarah doing something that explains all this, but it was just technobabble. Just another well, a way to get TARDIS separation so they couldn't just mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, it's like hitting the cancel button on your cruise control in your car. You know, the car doesn't cr- take over. Then you hit the button again to resume. And okay. that's, that's what happened. I, I can imagine just how bad that is. Like a, a, the TARDIS flying around on its own with the key in the door. You know, it's like driving well, off. And then, then it yeah. lands on Earth and unit finds it. And they don't do something silly like grab the key so no one can get in there. I know. That, <laughs> they, they figure the doctor is here because we found the TARDIS. They, they're not sure why it has a key in the door, and I'm not sure why they left the key in the door. <laughs> right. Or, or why they left the TARDIS where it was. Or, or didn't or, at least put people's like, guards around it or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, you mentioned that there's a duplicate of uh, Sullivan that we see, Harry Sullivan, which is yep. Harry's his last, last appearance. Yeah. yeah. And Benton, who I think is also his last appearance. Uh, I think you may have one more, but Nick, you could be right. But yeah. yeah, and neither the actors for Harry nor Benton were happy with their roles in this. Yeah, mm. they they were kind of. They, we only get a very brief of the of the real Benton and Sullivan, and uh, so, although Harry gets m- even more of a role, but uh, they're at this 
space defense station that is near this village of the village is Devisham. And the, mm-hmm. so there's this unit space defense station that's nearby, which apparently we also have spaceships land at because reasons. Yeah. That's where Crayford's ship eventually comes in for a landing. See, uh, I wonder if Elon Musk got the idea for SpaceX from this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, the spaceship uh, actually lands like the SpaceX ships do. So we have the, the head crawl called Stigrun, and we've got uh, Crayford. Well, uh, Stigrun seems to be a, more of a scientist, and the head, his boss, yeah. I gather, is a, Stig, is a, a crawl named Chidaki. Okay. I couldn't figure out which, what the relationship was, like who's superior, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if there was really kind of a superior, if they were kind of like equals, but one was the military and one was the scientist. And Stigrun makes sure you knows because he shouts out, Science will make us let us rule the universe. Science <laughs> will do this, you know that kind of deal. Yeah, more of the 1970s, uh, the, the plot device of the you know uh, out of control science is scary. That that a whole mm-hmm. idea, which is an but interesting. It is out of control science is scary, right? But it's an interesting contrast to twenty the 2020s, which is science saves us. You know, science will only is in science based knowledge is is the thing that saves us, and so it's kind of interesting how these trends in storytelling re- kind of reflect our attitudes in society toward things like science because Scott science yeah, in the 70s this, was scary it was all doing all kinds it, of weird things and it, it is funny how it kind of today it kind of echoes the 50s where everything was science you know <laughs> yes. science is gonna make your house better science is gonna make your car better science is gonna make your life better while yes. it blows it up in a total nuclear attack yes. well but still yeah you know, we've put science has put his bestest in everything <laughs> so, anyway uh so sarah is the first one duplicated she's captured and brought to the crawl ship and scanned which apparently it scans you down to your memories and personality and the doctor he figures it out that pretty like right away he figures it's not sarah before we get to that because it's another thing that's stupid okay. that happens in episode two Okay. Let's let me compliment a couple of things while I still can about episode one. Okay, all right. Let's so, do that. so one of the first things that we see, in fact, the first thing we see in episode one is this unit soldier. He's running through the woods and he's a real jerk. By which I mean he's <laughs> jerking crazily. Yeah, we we realize he's an android that's malfunctioning. Right, and the astronaut androids are chasing him and trying to reclaim him. He encounters the doctor and Sarah, and he falls off of this cliff and apparently dies. And so they think this unit soldier has just died in front of him. But they find some weird stuff about him, like every coin in his pocket is brand new and minted in the same year, Mm -hmm. for example. And they then go into the village, and it's empty at first, but the, uh, the ambassadors of death bring in a bunch of villagers on a truck. They all get off the truck. They file into the pub where Sarah and the doctor are hiding. And then at the, at the stroke of the clock, they all suddenly activate and become normal-ish. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> one of the people they brought in is the unit soldier that the doctor and Sarah saw die. And mm-hmm. so Sarah, and this is really actually pretty bizarre. I would be much more cautious than the doctor wants Sarah to be, but he's like, you know, you can take care of yourself. Go out there and interact with them and find out what you can. So Sarah goes out. She starts trying to talk to them. They don't know how to respond to her. They think she may be, one of the the landlords says she may be part of the test. Mm -hmm. 
And but other than that, they won't give her any information. And the unit soldier that died is really kind of abrasive to Sarah. And as she's leaving, she says, I'm sure you shouldn't be drinking so soon after breaking your neck. And I just like <laughs> I just like that <laughs> line. It's a great one-liner. The uh also later when the doctor is encountering the ambassador of death uh spacesuited androids, one of them points his finger at him and the doctor gets to say, Is that finger loaded? Yeah. Which is which is <laughs> yeah. another another yeah. nice line. I I really noticed though, wow, these you know, these androids, it takes a long time for their hard drives to spin up. Because when the doctor and Sarah say something to them and they haven't been moving recently, they will just wait and wait and wait and wait before they react. So mm-hmm. it's like you need to reinstall the OS or shift to solid state <laughs> memory or something because this lag time is unacceptable in re- in in wake up mode. Yeah. Yeah. Well I I had to laugh. You're talking about the, the coins and it's kind of funny that they would, you know, have it as an issue that all the new coins, since it was only four years before that the British pound was moved to the decimal system for a change. And a lot of people about that time would have had a lot of brand new coins with the new, uh, new coinage that they had at that uh, point. Possibly, possibly. Um, and also, you know, they, they, they use dogs to track down the, uh, Sarah and the doctor were, were the android dogs. Of course. I, I wondered dogs. about that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Also, so getting back to the Sarah Jane thing, yeah. at the very beginning of the episode, we established that Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane does not like ginger pop right. or ginger beer. And, but the doctor's got a, a, a bottle of it in his pocket. And he offers it to the robot, Sarah Jane, and she takes it and drinks from it and says it's delicious. And so he realizes she's not the real Sarah. Well, but it if it has the real Sarah's memory. Right. It will remember that Sarah doesn't like ginger pop. And when the doctor says, would you like some ginger pop? It should say no. So this was just dumb because they made a big point of it's got all Sarah's memories and it should have that one. Well, there's, we, they did address one issue that we complained about with the gangers of setting, you know, getting people so that they're, they don't look the same, you know, so that the, gang, the duplicate and the original don't look the same by having the doctor take Sarah's scarf mm-hmm. and lead the dogs away with it. Right. So then she didn't have the, the real one didn't have the scarf, but the ganger one did, the android one did. And that was, that was what led him to do the, the old ginger pop thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, that that part is would would make sense. Is where the where the the new scarf come from? But yes, the whole mm-hmm. ginger beer, ginger pop thing. I thought the same thing as soon as she's like, "Ooh, delicious!" I'm like, "But if she's got her memories, so eh. yeah." For for our American listeners who may not be familiar with ginger pop or ginger beer, it's essentially my I gather it's basically ginger ale, but a lot stronger mm-hmm. than yeah. ginger yeah. ale. So. Yeah, people are. I, I think there's a lot more Americans now are familiar with ginger beer because it's used as part of a Moscow Moscow Mule uh, cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it is. It is stronger than like a you know ginger ale. Uh, I think. I think ginger pop is essentially ginger ale. Yeah, or, or my impression is it's essentially ginger beer, but I could be mistaken. Calling our and British if, listeners, if, help us. If, <laughs> if, if, you, if you wonder why is it called ginger beer if it's not alcoholic, well, why is it called ginger 
ale if it's not alcoholic. Yeah. And root beer. Well, in, in, yeah, and in, in beer, ginger yeah. beer, I believe, is, is brewed like beer. It just doesn't have yeast to make it into alcoholic. Uh, Probably because the ginger would kill the, the yeast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's alcoholic ginger beer. I wonder. I, no. I yeah, anyway. I'm not. I'm not. If there is, it, it's something like the you know alcoholic root beer, where it's just alcohol is added to it after the effect. Right. After the fact. Right. So after the doctor exposes the fake Sarah, he gets captured by the androids and the crawl, and they're going to blow him up. They tie him to like the village cross, um, <laughs> right? And yeah. with 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 vine that we're told is actually plastic that's stronger than steel. And Stigron, the scientist, has an what they refer to as an MD bomb. Yes. Uh, so that's like matter disintegration bomb or something that's going to destroy the village, we're told, and the doctor with it. And Stigron, as they're tying the doctor up, says, resistance is inadvisable. <laughs> and At least it's not futile. <laughs> it's not useless or futile. It's just inadvisable. So I like that. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, this predates the TNG. I wonder. It makes, sometimes it makes you wonder where, where it's, uh, inspiration oh, comes from. Actually, it's been used. It, the resistance is X line has been used widely uh, long oh. before the board. Yeah, you you have it in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, for example, with the Vogons, uh, the Vogons using it. Oh right. Well, the right. Cybermen used it all the way back at Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They've, they've used it throughout, so yeah, that's, that's nothing new to the Borg, it's just not futile, it's usually like like this, inadvisable or... Useless. Useless, yeah. So we also end up getting a uh, a duplicate of the Doctor, uh, which which is a little fun, so when they get actually get back to Earth, I think, is it when they get back to Earth? The the Doctor yeah. comes into the Space Defense Station and, yep. and asks the you know, guard there, uh, have you seen me already today? <laughs> and if yeah. you do see me again, let me know. <laughs> Which yeah, is exactly. a funny uh, uh, little uh, exchange there. Well, then they do. Then they do it again, where Robo Benton is playing or is, is is guard, and real doctor comes in and are you Benton? It's me. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's I'm one of you. You know, it's the real one still out there somewhere. He's not here, right? And right. And then the Robo ben, Robo doctor comes in and Benton shoots him, and it's like. No, it really is. We, we'll deal with this later, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You shot the wrong one, dummy. <laughs> but so the the doctor's plan. So the so the whole plan is that Crayford is going to have a miraculous return from from the dead. He'll be welcomed on Earth. But as he's coming in, they're going to shoot the android, the pods containing androids, at the area of Devisham, and make it look like meteor shower, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but he'll be distracting the space defense oh, oh. station by his return. Uh, uh, when they are actually coming in, when the pods are entering the atmosphere, a tech identify a technician identifies it as a meteorite shower. Mm. Yeah, and it's like okay, no, it's not a meteorite until it hits the ground. It's a <laughs> meteor shower. Right, right. <laughs> but you you might say it's a spearhead from space. Yes, yeah. it could possibly. Uh, recycled story, <laughs> and uh, so, so the the thing that one another big hole is why is Crayford why is he doing this? He, like he thinks that the crawl are going to be peaceful invasion. They're just going to move all the humans to the southern hemisphere. Uh, oh, but it right. just doesn't the make one any without sense. As much land, 
<laughs> right, without as right. much land and as well without as many people. Right. There's, there yes. are far more people in northern hemisphere than there is in the southern hemisphere. Wouldn't it be just easier to move the the, the fewer people to the well, but it doesn't matter because they're going to kill everyone anyway. But it's yeah. just it doesn't like Crayford's motivation well, is just so they b- bizarre. Try, yeah, they try to explore it. Uh, they try to justify it. So Crayford uh, thinks that he was abandoned by Earth, yeah. and they didn't even try looking for him. And he owes everything to the crawls who saved him and patched him up. And so he's going to help them, and he's going to help them invade Earth, but it'll be a really okay invasion because they're not going to kill everyone. They're just going to relocate them all. <laughs> they're, they're, and, they're, they're nice invaders. They're peaceful <laughs> invaders. Yes. But it's still, it, it's, it, 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 it's hard to believe that someone would turn on their race in this way for these reasons. Yeah. So... The the doctor's plan for stopping them once he's actually back on Earth is he's going to jam all electronics within a particular radius of the space defense station with the reprogrammed radio dish uh, on yep. top of the space defense station, which should shut down all the androids. Uh, before he can do that, first first he finds out that Colonel Faraday and ha- and the Harry that he's encountered have already been replaced by the androids. So he, and when his double confronts him, comes in behind him with a gun, he defenestrates himself by jumping through a window out the way, out, yeah. the, out in a, of the office to escape. Uh, and by the way, all these androids are horrible shots, like just terrible shots. Yeah. They, they're shooting down a hallway with a machine gun and they can't hit a thing. Well, and uh, so Benton had pretty good shot. Benton had a pretty good shot, but it was kind of more or less point blank. Yeah. And he yeah, was like three feet miss. away. So he ends up having to fight his double in the control room in order to get to the control panel to turn on the electronics. So that's when he shuts down all the androids. And then he has to mm-hmm. convince Crayford that Stigron is lying. But then Stigron kills Crayford. And so the doctor sends his reprogrammed android in to stop Stigron, killing him in the process, but then being destroyed at the same time. Yeah. So... Stigron Stigron falls onto the virus, which turns him into green goo. Green goo. Yeah, everybody, everything's green. Get out of the spaceship because you're going to die from the virus in the air. No, this the virus only airborne, works on apparently. contact. Yeah, terrible, terrible invasion virus. And then Sarah Jane <laughs> is mad at the doctor for making him think that he'd been uh, killed when it was just the android instead. So a little misdirection, um, trying to fool the audience. And yeah. and Sarah at the end is uh, making it clear that she's ready to be done with the doc- traveling with the doctor, and she's going to take a taxi. But he convinces her to to take the long route through the TARDIS. Right. What are the odds that he will actually get her right back to home? <laughs> well, exactly. But that scene actually was rewritten and ad libbed by Elizabeth Sladen and Tom Baker because they hated the dialogue so much. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So there were there were things I liked about this episode. I think you know, mm-hmm. like you said, Jimmy, that first the first uh, episode, the first part of the story was interesting. That whole exploring the the fake village and very it had a very Westworld sort of feel, a little of a the fugitive, maybe you know, the sort of yeah. Potemkin village uh, atmosphere of it, and that was interesting. But yeah, as the story went on, it it. It kind of it lost me. It just the 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 it was a it was a paper thin plot that just had way too many holes in it to really sustain. 
And what we never again, I think, have ever seen the crawl since then, no. at least in any uh, filmed Doctor Who. Uh, but but any further notes from from you guys on on this, Father Corey? Uh, when the Doctor and Sarah first enter the village, when it's empty, there's reference to the Mary Celeste, the ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's well, a ghost um, ship. Yeah, ghost ship. Yep. Uh, there's there's a line where it was the controller of the space, uh, basically space control, or however you want to put it, the, the lead controller about how how uh, Crayford has gone further than any human ever, oh, any other yes. human. And Benton and Harry are standing behind him. They kind of look at each other and go, if only he knew. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, I noticed um, that one, too. That was that was kind of a cute moment because they're both kind of going, yeah, we've both been further than him. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Jimmy? So at one point uh, when the doctor is waking up, he's talking to Sarah and he's babbling and he's, he starts telling a story about three sisters that lived in the bottom of a treacle well. Mm-mm. And this he's he's re- and he refers to Sarah as Tilly. And mm-hmm. Tilly is actually one of the sisters in the original story which is from Alice in Wonderland. Mm. So he's he's mangling Alice in Wonderland here. And in case you wonder what a treacle well is, it's a healing well. And and they actually there there actually is and I guess more than one, but I know of at least one treacle well over in England, where in the Middle Ages the word treacle was used for a healing unguent, and so the idea is like the water of this well has healing properties and so forth. So that's okay. what he's referring to. Also, when the crawls launch their invasion. We get our old friend, the famous Saturn V liftoff footage. Yep. <laughs> oh, but of course. And I was like, why didn't someone make their own liftoff footage and like use it, you know, for shoot it from several different angles so it doesn't always look exactly the same? Right. I mean, someone for some movie or TV show should have paid to like, let's get some good stock footage of a liftoff. And not just constantly reuse the same grainy Saturn V footage. Right. The BBC paid good money for that footage, and they're going to get their money's worth out of it. Well, my God. It doesn't yeah. match the film stock for the rest of the show. Right. There's also a great line that Faraday, now Faraday is the surrogate for the brigadier since the actor wasn't available, but Faraday at one point gets to deliver the line, I'll not have my command infiltrated by aliens. <laughs> Which would have been a perfect brigadier line. Oh, yes. Just imagine the brigadier saying, I'll not have my command infiltrated by aliens. Yeah. So I, I like the that. The cheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, after this story, now we mentioned that Terry Nation would not be a writer again for Doctor Who for like four years. So I wonder why after this. But <laughs> Ian Martyr, who plays Harry, did go on to do a bunch of writing. He even mm. wrote a novel called Harry's War, or Harry mm. Sullivan's War, that is the further adventures of Harry after the Doctor. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. Um, all right. Good. I think that should do it for, for this discussion. Uh, this, I recommend it to watch. Oh, oh, oh. One other, one, one other thing. Whereas normally we have running through corridors or occasionally <laughs> running through rock quarries, in this one, we have running through forests. At least which, it's the difference. <laughs> which, which seems to be a signature of this era of Doctor Who. We do have quite a few episodes involving running through forests, like 
pyramids of Mars and things like that. That's true. That's true. I suppose it depends on where they can film. So yeah. So I was gonna say, you know, it it despite the plot holes, there's if you're especially if you're a completist, it's worth watching. There's a lot of grid Tom Baker and Sarah Jane, uh, Doctor bits in here so you know, you know it's yep. worthwhile it's not it's not it's not terrible all right so let's finish things up i do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of doctor who including nr james h aj jana b and cindy d their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of doctor who and all the shows at starquest now's a great time to become a starquest patron Thanks to a generous gift from a StarQuest supporter. When you start a new Patreon monthly pledge at sqpn.com slash give, the first three months will be matched by an equal amount from our donor, making your gift go further. If you've been thinking of becoming a StarQuest patron, now's the time. Visit sqpn.com slash give today. Uh, we'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, for who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What do you think of the Android Invasion? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or send an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the 11th Doctor story, A Good Man Goes to War. Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me in sharing the Secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Tom. Father Cory Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, the best laid schemes of mice and crawls gang aft gaggly. Right. This is going to be fun. Which means off to go awry. I had to look it up. Robert Burns.